Blog Talk Radio. Then you call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. Jeremiah 29, verse 12. That's right. This is not a test. It's the... Real thing. It's the ChristCast 2020. My name is Jason Dias alongside... Kiki Culpepper. And we are at the... 2019 Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Which, how Mr. many times have we done this now? <laughs> Three? I think this is our fourth time. It's fourth my ninth time? one. I see Mr. Pipkin over yonder. Hey, Mr. Pipkin. <laughs> we see a lot of familiar people at yeah. the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, don't we? How are you, Mr. Pipkin? Good to see you. God bless you, buddy. Uh, uh, we got an exciting morning scheduled for you. We got David Weekly from David Weekly Homes doing the um, main keynote. Talk. Yep, the main talk. Uh, and I forgot to say, it's two generations with one mission. And of course, we've got an interview with Thor Thornhill coming up, talking about Ooh. the importance of prayer and his support for Chick Fil A, our favorite sponsor. That's right. We're not at Chick Fil A at West Point Village today. We're at the convention center. But I did see the Chick Fil A table. Convention yeah, New Braunfels Convention Center. So we got a big day planned for you. And we're going to step aside and let you listen to all the sights and sounds. The Grace Prep Choir is here with our buddy, Miss Leeds. Of course. Watch out for those flying shoes and oh, yeah. sandals. Those, those flying highlighters that come for your face. <laughs> Luckily, yeah, you, I never got one, yeah, but well, you, you know, you I've seen the power of Yeah, them. she's definitely got that. And, of course, the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast couldn't go on without a bunch of great corporate sponsors so, that are like the big people. That's right. So we want to thank CIS. CIS that's Christian Investment Services Wealth Management Group. Oakwood Church. That's right, my church. Castile and Castile. Chick-fil-A at West Point Village. Our, Our favorite, favorite Chick-fil-A. Yes. Seidel Construction. Blue Bonnet Cars. Yeah, you need a new car. That's yeah, the place to yeah. go get it. Um, Kruger. The 127 Group. Yep. Zenith. Healthcare. Oh, Zenith Healthcare Solutions. Uh, these are really small, yeah. by the way. Uh, the Kyle Law Firm. That's right. Little Kyle Law Firm. Our buddy, HMT Engineering and Surveying, Thor. Rojo 032, yep. my bad. Eden Hill Communities. Rudy, our favorite country yeah. store. Remember we used to get the chopped sandwiches every, every week. Every week. Uh, uh, Morris and Bermudez, Attorneys at Law. Hill Country Dermatology. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broadway Bank. My first client ever, by the way, at Eloquent Online. Uh, Trinity Pools. Oh, I don't know how she saw that. Comal Tech, and that is Insurance Agency. Incorporated. All right. <laughs> Stonewater Fellowship. And Zoller Funeral Home. And it's all hosted by the New Braunfels. Christian Businessmen's Connection, which a is a great thing. Great organization to put this on every year. And we want to thank all of the table sponsors and everybody that's For helping out, out, including the New Braunfels Christian Academy yes. that's serving even serving. as we speak. Yes. So. Big thank, big shout out to the sponsors and everybody who makes this thing happen. And then um, we're going to try to get a nice interview with Mr. Weekly after the um, after the keynote. So um, have fun, listen in, and we'll be back after just a bit. Opening remarks by CBMC President Thor Thornhill. Good morning. Welcome to this year's 2019 Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. So glad to have you here. And uh, it's very exciting to see all these faces up here, too. They're very excited. You over are shaking. That's really fun. Um, this, uh, this event's pretty deep. I just wanted you to, to look around 
table in front of how many people we have at, at 6.30 a.m. Uh, we have 800 people in New Braunfels, Texas show up uh, to acknowledge God. So that's pretty exciting.
Baylor. I'm proud that she'll be attending Baylor in the fall. So just had to point that out. Good morning. Good morning, New Braunfels. Um, I cannot tell you what a pleasure it is to come here each year um, and join the Christian Businessmen Connection in celebrating and kicking off our National Day of Prayer. Uh, New Braunfels does just about everything better. And, uh, and starting off this morning is truly one of them. Uh, I cannot say enough about a community who not just on the National Day of Prayer, but on each day that we go about our works, either be it in business or with our family, sporting activities, social affairs, that we acknowledge, we acknowledge something greater. We acknowledge our faith, we recognize it, and we do it publicly. We do it publicly not only for those around us, may not have experienced growing up in a community like this, but we do it for the next generation. And I can't say enough about this, uh, this organization and starting off the National Day of Prayer with the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Thank you all so much, and I'm looking forward to another great event. So, Father, I pray the power of God 
folks that love Jesus Christ on the school boards, in the novels, and, um, and, uh, in Christian schools, Lord, in private schools, that you'd be with school boards, that they might honor that the power of God be evident. And Lord, be with administrators in public schools that love you, and in Christian schools, and private schools that love you, Lord, that you, your power would work through them. And Lord, of course, through our teachers, that pour out their hearts each day to love on the students. We just pray for your power in their life. And Father, for those students in New Braunfels and in our country that love you, Father, that you would, your power be evident in their life to live for you. We need you, Lord. We need to seek you. Help us to do that, Father, uh, today. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praying for the church, Jason Powers. Pray for the church, Jesus. We thank you for this unique expression of your body as we gather today in your name. You said that you were there with us. So as we gather together across denominational lines, traditional lines, Father, we're thanking that in this gathering you are present. Jesus, I just pray that your church and your brothers would be strong, would be united, it would be with one heart and one mind serving to this community. As you took a towel, and love your disciples. I pray that we also would love. And Father, I pray that you would give your church influence in places. That this community would reflect your love and your glory. That we truly would be a city on the hill. And people from all around would look to New Braunfels, Texas as a place where amazing things are capable. Amazing things are possible. I pray for the pastors, for the leaders, lay and otherwise, of every church in the Broncos, and I pray your favor and your blessing will fall on them. I pray that hearts will be turned to you. And we ask, Jesus, in all things, that we would bring you glory, that you would be honored, that you would be pleased by your church, and that you would truly inhabit the praises of your people. We thank you for your church here in New Orleans. We thank you that you have given us this unbelievable privilege of partnering with you in your kingdom coming. And so we just ask for increased favor and increased power and ability to bring you glory and honor. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you, and we ask these things in your name. Praying for the military, Sergeant David Cantu. Prayer for our unfortunate military. Almighty God, I just command that overall, and his love never fails. Make us aware of thy presence and obedience to thy will. Keep us true to be our best selves, guard us from dishonest and purpose indeed, and help us to live so that we may face our fellow law enforcement brothers and sisters, our loved ones, and be without shame or fear. Protect our families. Give us the will to do the work of a public servant or member of the armed forces and accept the share of our responsibilities with vigor and enthusiasm. Grant us the courage to be proficient in our daily performance. Keep us loyal and faithful to our superiors and the duties our country has entrusted to us. Make us considerate to those committed to our leadership. Help us to wear our uniforms with dignity let it remind us daily of the scarcity that we must uphold. If we are inclined to doubt, steady our faith. If we are tempted, make us strong and resist. If we should miss the mark, give us the courage to try again. Guide us with the light of the truth, grant us with the wisdom by which we, we may understand the answer to our prayers. In Jesus' name, we pray. And praying for business, Jason Cronkite. <coughs> like to pray for our business. Thank you for gathering these people here this morning. Lord, we pray for the 
great opportunity to, be, to not be wasted, and New Brunswick says not wasted. It's a, it's a great way to start the day. Well, you know, why in the world do you guys want to hear from a businessman from Houston? That's kind of what I asked myself when they asked me to come talk. Uh, and I thought, well, I think the best thing I can do is kind of visit with you about the experiences I've had over my life and, and really some of the failures I've had. You probably didn't notice this, but I'm kind of older, you know, so I've been through a few things, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and, uh, and hopefully if we talk about that a little bit, uh, maybe you can learn from some, some of those and, and, uh, and make different mistakes, or, or, or not, not make those at all. But I had the, I had the good fortune to be raised in Houston, and uh, grow up in kind of an Ozzy and Harry family. Most of y'all don't know who Ozzy and Harry was. <laughs> It was an old television show, Black and White, so some of you know this. But the point being, uh, uh, the wonderful family, my parents were married 70 years, had two older brothers, Boy Scouts, and this will probably surprise you, but I was not the star athlete in high school. It'll probably also surprise you that I was not the best looking kid in high school, nor was I the smartest kid there. But one of the great advantages of the Boy Scouts was you learned that if you worked hard, you got these cool little badges, and you got ranks. And so I, I learned pretty early in life that, that working hard counts. And, uh, and another folks in this room work hard. And, uh, and, and that can kind of lead us to uh, the great things. And so I, I came up through high school. I had a mountaintop experience in young life and, uh, in, in high school and awesome. And then I went off to college and forgot about all that and did what a lot of folks that go off to college do. Uh, had a great time and didn't spend a lot of time on my thing. But then sure enough, I graduated and I said, here I am, I'm going to take on the world and I'm going to be a financial success. That was my goal in life, as it is most of our goals starting out in our careers in life, is to uh, be a financial success. So I got accepted to a, to a graduate school, but I, they wanted me to go work for a couple years. So I went to work for a, uh, for a home building company, just because it was could be a couple of years, I didn't know anything about home building, didn't really care anything about home building, uh, but I just worked for a couple of years until I would, until I would um, move on. But then sure enough, uh, I was there, and I was there 18 months, and I was doing great, I was rising up, and then I got fired. Did anybody else here got fired? Well, never mind. <laughs>
And so, and after all, it was his money. So, you know, let's go. I, I was all for it. And, and so we started out in the late 70s. And we, we grew. And back, back then, you could fall off a truck and, and build a home. I mean, it was really simple to a business back then. And we came up through, through the mid-80s. And by the time I was 30, I, we were building 600 homes a year. I was like almost a millionaire. I was building a big house in Memorial of West Houston. I was driving a BMW. I mean, there wasn't much that I, again, didn't know. I mean, I, I was God's gift. So. <laughs> Just ask. And sure enough, the second time, God had to slap me upside the head and explain that I was not in control. And he took me through a downturn in Houston in 1985 with the oil bus. And we went from 30,000 housing starts in Houston to 6,000 housing starts in a period of about six months. Now, for those of you in business, you know that you can't have your business cut by 80% and really still survive. And to lay off people, it was very tough. But that's when I first came to Central Texas. And uh, in fact, that's the reason I, I love this area of the country, because you all really saved me. Back when Houston was dying, I was building houses in, in, in Austin and uh, Central Texas, and, and I was able to, to survive. And, and get through that. But you know, all, all that, that money I was talking about, that big house, I lost all those things. And, uh, and, and one of my greatest uh, regrets uh, was, you know, God putting all this money and all these resources in my hands, and I blown it. And nothing good had come out of it. And uh, he trained me that, that, number one, I was not in control. And number two, when he gives us blessings, we probably ought to figure out what we ought to do with it and, uh, and understand that there were more than just our own self, self-need and, uh, and that he really didn't care about them, you know, you know, really wasn't what he was worried about. Uh, but, but so, so the, the, the first real learning I, that I had was that success can often come out of failures. But again, I went from that second failure where, you know, we almost lost everything in Houston, almost lost the company, coming to the Austin area. Uh, and surviving and coming back through taught me that we could expand other cities and people like our homes in other cities. Today we're in 20 different cities around, around the country. We wouldn't have done that if we hadn't gone through that downturn and pushed out of our comfort zone to go to something that, that we wouldn't have done otherwise. So again, success came, came out of that out of that, that failure and that downturn. Um, a second learning, this was kind of tough for me, so it's not about me. I mean, maybe you all have figured this out, but I, I gotta tell you, it's really tough growing up in the United States and every commercial you see, everything you hear about, it's all about us, right? How do I feel? What do I get? What do I want? You know, it's all about me and, uh, and, what, what, and what can be best and how I can best take care of myself and best, it's all about me. And, and you know every ad on the on the radio and TV that that's what it's all about. And and this was it, this might kind of hit hit you as, as it was really odd for me to even be talking about this. Somebody that, that named their company Daily Weekly Homes, right? <laughs> how could I just say it's not about me? <laughs> but let me tell you how we kind of kind of got got there. My, when my brother and I started the company, it was called Weekly Homes. And uh, first homes we were selling for about thirty thousand dollars each, not one hundred thirty thousand, not two hundred thirty thousand, but thirty thousand dollars. Never forget we got our first billboard in Houston, 
and uh, it said weekly homes from the 30s. <laughs> and so there was a truck that came, pulled, pulled up, pulled furniture in the back, and they kind of came in and said, where are those homes to rent for $30 a week? <laughs> I made total sense. So I went to my older brother, and you know, it was his money with, with my, my sweat, and I said, I think we got to change the, the name, name of the company. So okay, what do you think? Said, how about David Weekly Homes? Okay with me. So uh, you know, when I look back, I try to look at change the names in my 30s or 40s because kids growing up with your dad's name on billboards kind of puts them in a tough situation. Right, thanks for the rich kids, which doesn't necessarily help them growing up. Uh, but that's how we already kind of a brand, and, and and now I realize that God kind of had a plan, and I wouldn't be standing here in front of you today if it was named Craftsman Homes. You know, the only reason I'm here to get a chance to visit with you folks is because, you know, 43 years ago I named it a Weekly Homes, so I'm supposed to be somebody. So I get to come to talk to you guys. Uh, Joy, it's just kind of interesting the way that God has plans that we never quite know what they are. But learning is not about you is, is kind of, what we call it, dying to self, understanding that, that we're not the center of the world to me is kind of a first major, major breakthrough. For us as Christians trying try to move, move forward. Um, you know, the, the best selling book in the world is the Bible. The second best selling work, book in the world is by a fellow named Rick Warren. It's called Purpose Driven Life. I don't, I don't know if you all have, have read it, but it sold 20 million copies. 20 million copies. Anybody know what the first four words in that book is? It's not about you. <laughs> not about you. And America is asking for this and reading it and buying it. And they're recognizing that it's not about us. And once we recognize that and we want to do something about that and move on that, that's when we can really go and, and impact the world in very special ways. Once we look outward rather than inward. The same thing goes for our churches. Once they look outward rather than inward, they grow. The same thing goes for all, all, the, all the folks you heard praying for the different institutions. Uh, that, that, that help us with our lives, whether it be government or education or business, when we look outward and we're worried about others instead of ourselves, that's when good things happen. So, so the, the real second thing I learned through tough times was that it's, it's not about me. Uh, so failures can often lead to success and that it's, it's, it's not, not about, about me. Now, that also means that, that when I did this, this was, and I, and I learned this, was kind of, I was in my mid-30s. And I'd gone through this downturn, I was, I was coming back up. And that's when I started having the company be focused on the team, rather than just to, to my aggrandizement and, and, and my build-up. And it's that teamwork that's helped us grow from, you know, to a $2 billion company, once I focused on the team. And, and we came up with our own uh, purpose, and it's building dreams and enhancing lives. Our team, our people first, our customers second, in our community third. <coughs> that's what's driven us for the last 25 years of our 45 year history. Building dreams and enhancing lives, our team, our customers, and our community. So, it, and so once I got that in my head, in my heart, in my soul, and once we started changing the, the, the company to kind of come around that, that's when things started to take off. And we did things, we got 8% profit sharing match, and their 401k match, we've got profit sharing, we've got chaplains in all 20 cities around the country to help come alongside people. 
Uh, so we do everything we can to help people be the very best they, 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 they can be. And what I found in business is that if I go and I play to someone's strengths, and we all have great strengths and great weaknesses, and my role is to ensure I, I find people in their greatest strengths and put them in a place where those strengths can be used. If I do that, then they get to a place to where they're, they're really, they're, they're feeling good about what they're doing every day, they're charged up, they know they're contributing, and then things take off. You know, when, when all of us feel affirmed that we're doing a good job, we know that we're doing a good job. We feel affirmed that we're doing a good job. We want to do it more, we want to do it harder, we want to share with our teammates, we want to do more and more and more. And so putting the company in that type of position, everybody want to help one another, everybody want to get ahead, everybody want to, want to come together, it's really what, what helped propel us forward. But that started with the learning that's not about me. We have to get out of our own way before we can go get other people and help them uh, rise up. The third real learning thing that, that I had that I want to share with you today is that I have found in my life that true joy comes from serving others. I'm not talking about happiness, I'm talking about joy, which is much deeper. And for me, the way this kind of manifests itself is, is I can't get up every morning and not feel a deep sense of gratitude. Why was I born in this country? Why was I given the family I was given? Why do I get three meals a day or more? You know, why do I have a roof over my head? You know, why? I mean, I've had the, had the good fortune. I've been all over the world. I've been every time. I've been in the slums of Nairobi. I've been in, I mean, I, I do a lot of international nonprofit work and I see some incredible um, pain around the world. Why in the world did God chose to put me here in this place now? Right? And what do I want? What am I to do? And so with that, that gratitude, for a while, I've got to be honest, I felt guilty. Because I was successful and making a lot of money and stuff, I look around, I see the rest of the world, and as a Christian, what am I supposed to do? I've been put in this place, and I've been given all this, what am I supposed to do? You know, and I love business. You know, there's a verse from Corinthians 7.24. It says, brothers, each man as responsible to God, shall remain in the situation God has called them to. So when I was feeling guilty, I said, okay, I need to go become a missionary. I need to go do this. I've got to go do something for other people. Well, then I kind of came to that verse, and I talked to other people, I got some wise counsel, and I said, David, you can do your ministry right in your workplace each and every day. There's no reason to be a Christian on Sundays and be a businessman and not pay attention to how you treat people the rest of the week. So that, that kind of formed how we operate as a company, and that is what has lifted us up over the years. So I start with this position of gratitude. And then when I take that gratitude, it just kind of naturally moves me to a position of feel responsibility to do something with all I, I've been given. But if I've been given all these all these incredible gifts, whether it be great family, whether it be the ability to, to read and to think and to talk to people or charity people or whatever gifts that I've been given, I've got a responsibility to do something with those. And then when I act on that responsibility, that's when I get true joy. Not just happiness, but joy. I mean, joy is when you, when you know you're in the right place. You know you're in the zone. You know God's smiling. Right? Based on what you're doing. What an incredible, what a great place to be. You know what God's smiling right now. 
potatoes was not going to give you. So that's the other. And, and what we can do for them, how we can interact with them. And then third is that true joy, real joy, deep joy, really comes from, from serving others. So I just thought, you know, I'm old guy stand up here. I just thought I'd share, share with you those those three kind of learnings that I've had kind of in my life. You know, again, being an older guy, you start thinking about something about your, your legacy. Know, what am I doing here? Why am I here? And what's going to be here when I'm gone? And am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And, and all those kind of things. But I kind of realized that you know, this is this is not um, you know brilliant thought, but you know it's very clear. Bible says clearly. You know we're we're, we're born naked and we're, we're going to die naked, right? We come into the world with nothing and we're going to leave with nothing. So just what we do in between. So so what do we leave? What we leave the people we impact. We leave the institutions we help grow. We leave the communities like this that we help become better places. I mean, this is our legacy. This is what we're about. So unless we're outward focused, there's nothing left behind. Unless we go and do for others, we really haven't mattered an impact today. We've been on this earth, we've taken things in, and we're gone. So the realization and the understanding that, that my role and the only good that comes out of me being is based on what I do for others is that a, is that a serious impact on me as I think about uh, my legacy and, and what I'm doing. Now also for, from, a, from a company standpoint, you know, small business and private business hires, you know, 8% of the people in the country or whatever. I mean, it is the driver of the economic engine of our country. And there are a lot of us that have private companies and as we get older, do we sell out or, or, or what do we do to it? Well, I decided it would be trashy to take this company that I spent 43 years of my life on and that, and that the people working there have and to go sell it out just to get a bunch of money or this or that. So what I decided to do is I'm going to have a third of it owned by the employees, by the team members, through ESOP and the folks that really create the wealth. I'm going to have a third of it go to charity on into the future. And there'll be a third of it left for the founding families. So I think a model like that, where we take and you know, we take what we've done and we build on it, and allow those that, that create the wealth of what they've created do the work and make those customers happy, do everything that, that they know how to do, and continue on where we're all in this together, all aligned on doing the right thing for the right reasons, uh, will allow the company to grow well into well into the future. Uh, and, and the last thing I want to talk about, I, I would. I would ask you to take those little books on the table there, there <coughs> and one of, one of some of the questions in them are about uh, do we know why we're here and, and what do we know about ourselves and, and, and I got to I want to end with the reality that, that I do know who made me and I do know why I'm here and I do know where I go I pray for you God bless We had a great morning at yeah. the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. We've got our keynote speaker here. Mr. Weekly, I want to ask you, first of all, I really enjoyed your talk. I wanted to ask you, though, for other business owners out there who might be reluctant to proclaim their faith publicly, what would your advice be to them? 
Uh, well, my advice would be to not be bashful and know why we're put on this earth, and that's to, to help others and, uh, and and love one another. And if we as business owners can't model that and show it, then uh, how can we expect the folks who work with us to do so? And, oh, my voice cracked. That was great. <laughs> go. Then today is the National Day of Prayer world, like nationwide, all throughout the U.S. And so what are some times that you were in a hard, difficult situation that prayer helped you through it? And like, what was the power of prayer through that hard, hard situ situation. Oh, uh, prayer and looking inward and upward um, to me gets me in a place of uh, quietness and thoughtfulness, and and allows God to speak to me in ways that 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 I would not hear otherwise. And and I think all of our challenges in the busyness of life is to slow down enough and truly listen to God. And so, uh, as much as I pray towards Him and upwards. I attempt to listen to him and and gain from that time. It was a real honor having you here in New Braunfels. Thank you for joining us on the ChristCast 2020. Thank you very much. Closing song, Cleft for Me by Grace Preparatory Academy.
catch myself too often joining the crowd and complaining about the next generation. Um, but I thank you for saying that. And, and then you see the next generation and you talk to the next generation and you do get excited and you're full of life and they do want to change the world. And, um, so thank you for reminding me for that. For that. Um, you still kind of what I was going to say to you, and I was going to talk about that. You have the Gospel of John on your tables. Um, you also have a room of, uh, I don't know, there's probably 40 pastors in here, and there's probably another 600 saints in here. So if you uh, if you don't know Jesus, or you don't, or you were intrigued by something, or your heart was pricked in any way, uh, find someone in this room. Please don't leave. Uh, talk to somebody or ask them questions. Um, it's a learning experience for all of us. We're all uh, on a faith journey of some kind. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, that you realize pretty quickly it's all it's all for night. You're, you're from dust you come and dust you go back. And if you, it's kind of a depressing thought unless you know what's coming after, uh, which is eternal life. And so it's pretty exciting. Uh, as you saw from, from Mr. Weekly, uh, what a remarkable man. I, I was so excited when I started talking to him. Uh, when he walked in, I didn't realize. I just followed him. And I followed him right into the bathroom. At the urinal, I'm just still talking away. <laughs> and then I, I, I realized, and I was like, you probably don't want me to still be talking to you right now. I'm like, sorry, come back up. It's pretty awkward, but he, he, he's just a man of grace, and he just handled up with grace, and he's like, okay, kid, go away. And, uh, sir, I would follow you anywhere, and uh, I just really appreciate it.
So God, because you have blessed us and given us your righteousness, may we live rightly. I need your help to do that. We need your help to do that. So God, may we go from here and may we worship in the way that we live and may we worship by the way that we love. It's in your name we pray. That's a wrap from That's the 2019 it. Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Fourth we got one now. left. Yes, our Ooh. fourth one. And the fifth one. Oh, fifth the fifth and, and final Ooh. next year. Hey, listen, folks, glad you could join us this morning if you couldn't be if here. If you listened all the way through, congrats. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> and it reminded me there's somebody here that's usually here that's not here today, our good buddy Gary Headley. Um, it usually yes. gives the military prayers. We want to send a shout-out to Mr. Headley. What's up, Gary? Be safe out there uh, representing the U.S. Navy. Uh, my name is Jason Dyes alongside... Kiki Culpepper. And to God be the... Glory. There ain't no practice runs in life.